everyone. Welcome to Galsplained. The podcast where two best gals explain anything and everything to each other better than any man ever has. This week, we're diving into the legend of the lost city of gold, El Dorado. We talk conspiracy, history, and my favorite topic, Nicolas Cage. <laughs> yeah, you could <laughs> Google it, but isn't it more fun to learn it from a friend? Oh, I'm Michelle. <laughs> and I'm Claire. I guess I could go first one week and say my name. <laughs> <laughs> I always forget. With a, with our topic this week, Claire, I just want to know a little bit of something. Are you a gold person or a silver person? And I think what you meant when you wrote this down as a question is like jewelry wise, like which kind yeah, of jewelry yeah. do you wear? Yeah. Yeah, I'm definitely, I've always been a gold person. Um, I prefer gold in general. And I always have, not just as a fad now. If I could have like a gold faucet on my sink instead of silver, I would. I think it looks so nice, so classic. Uh, Yeah, I've just, I've never been a silver person. What about you? That surprises me uh, because I feel like the blondes in my life that I know typically like the like normal blondes, natural blondes, usually like silver because they don't like uh, gold because it doesn't always match with like their hair color. Yeah, I mean, I've always been blonde, but I've always liked gold. I mean, I also, I really like colors that maybe don't look the best on me. Like, I love pale pink, and I am so pale. And I wear (laughs) my pale pink sweater, like, loud and proud, you know? It's fine. It doesn't pop off my skin, but I wear it for me. I don't wear it for everyone that looks at me. That's true. I also really love gold, um, and I love wearing gold. I think it looks good on me. But I've been wearing a lot of silver recently, uh, and this is just because I have a silver necklace that I always wear. I'm like one of those people who gets a necklace and that's all the jewelry I wear for like two years. Though recently I've been really wanting to like get golden glasses and I'm like, oh, I really need a gold necklace. And guess what pops in the mail a month late? My gold necklace <laughs> uh, gift for Hanukkah from or Christmas from Claire. <laughs> and no, this doesn't sound weird because you're hearing this like recording really late. I we are recording this on January 21st. <laughs> it just got here really late cuz you know the post office is sadly underfunded. Um and Claire gave me this beautiful gold necklace with a moon and I think a star or a sun on it. It's beautiful. Thank well, you. Claire. And you're welcome. Uh the weirdest thing about it is I bought it for you. I put it in the mail. And then on Christmas, I opened these earrings from Jeff that are the matching earrings to the necklace that I got for you. Like the matching ones. I was like, all right, we have similar style. He knows my taste. Well, that's a good that's good from to hear from your partner because you know that he knows what you like. Yeah, exactly. I've gone for so many years to like Target and bought earrings and it's turned my fingers green, which we'll talk about why later and all things like that. But when I spend like just a little bit more, maybe this is my age talking. I'm finally becoming an adult and buying quality (laughs) items that last longer rather than fast fashion. Yeah, it's definitely important because, you know, gold is important in our culture and gold has always been important in our culture. And I thought that it'd be great to talk about one of the biggest legends of all today, the legend of El Dorado, the lost city of gold. You ready? I feel like we need like some mysterious music after like. (laughs) As a 
explaining podcast, not a mysteries podcast. I feel like I am drawn to mysteries like this, Claire, but I am not so much. But but I want to bring some truth to it, you know, because yeah, I wait. think. What? what did you send me? You sent me Atlantis and El Dorado. And what was the third place? Oh, the Bermuda Triangle. The Bermuda Triangle. You were like, let's talk about one of these. <laughs> I've been listening to a lot of conspiracy <laughs> mystery podcasts recently. And I'm like, I want to do something like that. It's just fun to hear these stories and like see why us as humans were so interested in them. And when I researched it a little more, I saw that there was a lot of culture that is undiscovered through this. And I'm sure you did too. Um, yeah. I mean, El Dorado is pretty cool. So what is the legend of El Dorado? Well, it's basically that there's a lost or hidden city that is made entirely of gold. European explorers had witnessed a lot of gold in the area and believed that there was an extravagant place where it all had to come from. What area? Um, like South and Central America. They just saw a lot of people walking around with really, like, well-crafted golden things everywhere. And they were like, there must be a storage closet somewhere, a village (laughs) that they're getting all these golden things from. So this was like, became a huge rumor, not only in Spain where this rumor started, but like all the way to England and stuff. So many Spanish conquistadors and European explorers uh, starting around the year like 1537 were drawn to these stories. Specifically, uh, one explorer, some of you from North Carolina may know this name, Sir Walter Raleigh, and his son, Watt Riley, sent expeditions down to South and Central America in hopes of finding El Dorado. Watt, Hmm. his son, actually died in one of these expeditions. I remember Sir Walter Raleigh very well. (laughs) Uh, I'm from Chapel Hill, which is right next to Raleigh. And I remember in like fourth grade uh, in North Carolina, you learn your state's history, which I learned not every state does this. And we talked about Sir Walter Raleigh was was a big name that came up a lot. Could I tell you why? No. Could I tell you what exactly he did? Not really, but... Sir Walter Raleigh, I got you. You know, and you always hear about these explorers like Walter Raleigh, and I feel like we think there's like these great, amazing people. And then you like look in on the actual history, and like he was beheaded by the king. He has oh a my whole gosh. capital in North Carolina named after him. And he was beheaded by the king, one of the reasons being for doing all these expeditions because the king was like hey please don't make problems with spain because spain was down there also looking for el dorado and making all these their own colonies and expeditions and whatever and walter raleigh was like but i want some gold and king james was like okay then you have no head you know what that's a good name for the town of raleigh though because i'm just saying it's not as cool as charlotte i was like where are you getting at with this and i was like oh yeah oh but on the topic of taking history for your state. I was originally from Texas before I was in North Carolina. And we do a lot of Texas history in Texas. So I actually... There's a lot of history to cover. It's a huge state. Well, also Texas loves themselves. So loves themselves. Texas, Texans love themselves. There you go. Um, But Walter Raleigh, (laughs) getting back to his head being lost. 
was not the only one who wanted this gold. Antonio de Sepulveda was also pretty famous for this. He actually tried to drain Lake Guadavida because he believed that there were treasures to be found in the depths of this lake. Um, And actually, he did find some artifacts, but before the lake could drain completely, a landslide blocked the part of the area that he had cut out to make the water drain and the lake started to rise again which in my opinion definitely sounds like the hand of god came down and said nope you are not allowed to take these treasures right that's so interesting because i never imagined el dorado would be like underwater that gives me atlantis vibes doesn't it and well i think it's also just a part of it and we'll get to why they thought it was under lake guadavita or why they thought there were treasures to be found there but they also tried later on someone else tried to drain the lake and it got halted again by natural causes and i just find it interesting that all these natural causes kept stopping them from draining it and getting the treasures. The gods. I mean, maybe. So I think we should keep, we're going to keep everybody on the hook a little bit uh, for a little while until we tell them what El Dorado actually is. Mm-hmm. But I do want to talk for a second about kind of a really pivotal moment in our U.S. history, in uh, pop culture. It was when National Treasure 2 Book of Secrets uh, came out. (laughs) Do you remember where you were when you saw the movie? I saw it three times in theaters personally. Basically, a lot of people think of this movie and they think that it is El Dorado, right? Lost City of Gold. He finds a Lost City of Gold at the end. Right. But it's not. It's a different Lost City of Gold. What does that mean? How are there two Lost Cities of Gold? It's called El Dorado. So Cibola is a Native American city of gold. And a lot of people believed that there are seven cities of gold. This was an old conspiracy. One of them being El Dorado. One of them being Cibola. There are other ones. People also believe... uh, I can't say this name, P-A-I-T-I-T-I, was a land of gold located in Paraguay. They also believe the city of Caesars is an invisible gold city in Chile. So there is a bunch of lost cities of gold, which makes sense why people thought like the El Dorado was Cibola, but they're actually different things, which I did not know when I watched the movie. But I still I still want to talk about the movie because I hate to bring it to everyone, but National Treasure 2 is actually not based on fact or real history. Uh, if you try to quote it in your A-push paper like I did, you will get a big X mark from Miss Harvey. Uh, shout out to Miss Harvey. <laughs> I'm sorry. <laughs> uh, but... <laughs> Do you remember this movie? I feel like I watched National Treasure a lot when I was a kid. And immediately after I watched it, everything left my brain. Well, and I kind of feel like they throw a lot of facts at you that don't totally make sense. because So that you don't think into them too much. Uh-huh. <laughs> because basically, so in the first National Treasure, they found like this. It's all National Treasure, right? So U.S. Treasure. So at first I was thinking about this and I was like, wait, it couldn't have been El Dorado, which is in another continent. It is a national treasure. Anyways, so 
Cibola is the Native American city of gold. Some people believe it and El Dorado are the same thing. Some people believe there are seven cities of gold. But I want to point out some other inconsistencies in National Treasure 2. Call them out. Sorry, Nick. Uh, People also claimed that the people who killed Abraham Lincoln were searching for the city of gold. And that's why they started with the scene, the scene where Abraham Lincoln is shot. Mm hmm. Now, I don't believe those two really have any correlation, but they just wanted to include them both in the movie. A lot of people, when I was looking into the inconsistencies of this movie, were quick to point out that there's no way that the president could ever be kidnapped at a party. <laughs> I don't know. Who knows at this point? Nick can do anything. I I don't trust Nick. But that is that city of gold. Now, when we talk about pop culture in El Dorado, I think it goes without saying, we all think of the animated movie, The Road to El Dorado. Absolutely. What do you remember about this movie, Michelle? What I remember about this movie from long, long ago is um, that one of the characters has the same name as my nickname which is shell or chell i don't know if she, how she pronounces it but i always loved it because i was like oh that's me i'm that character because shell yes. and that i remember tumblr really wanted the two main characters to be a couple well and from some of my research miguel and tulio were actually supposed to be a couple and I believe this started production in like 1995, 1996, and came out in 2001 or two, early 2000s. So they kind of just silenced that part of the film. But hey, let's do a live action remake where they actually are a couple. That'd be pretty cool. They were supposed to be a couple, really? That's what came up in a lot of my research. It's never been confirmed. Uh, mm-hmm. But a lot of kind of the rapid fire questions about the movie The Road to El Dorado, said that. Okay. Now, when we get into conspiracies about El Dorado in general and about where it is and how it exists, uh, one of the big conspiracies actually has to do with this movie. So The Road to El Dorado, according to a 1993 article in Variety, it said that El Dorado, the movie the animated movie, and Atlantis, the animated movie, were actually based on the same book. The Man Who Would Be King. So they just made two movies about the same thing? While they were both released, uh, like, in the same conglomerate, they're made by separate groups, and it started this kind of dueling war between these two groups. So Ants came out one year. And then A Bug's Life came out the next year. Oh, it's like, it's the same. Okay. So these groups were kind of dueling back and forth to make really similar movies. And at the time, a lot of people thought El Dorado and The Emperor's New Groove were the ones that were supposed to be similar. But it was actually El Dorado and Atlantis because they were based on the same book. Oh my gosh. So I think this is really interesting because conspiracies have rolled from that that maybe the legend of El Dorado and the legend of Atlantis are the same thing. Wait, and that's interesting because of the lake with its treasures. So what do you think? That's one conspiracy that I would really buy into, I think. 
Uh, I think it's really interesting that we think of them as so separate and pop culture has made them seem really separate. But hearing that they could actually, the legends could be intertwined and could have rooted in similar places. It's really interesting. Hmm. Is gold bad in water? No, uh, if gold is mixed, I'll get into this later a little bit, actually. If gold is mixed with certain like alloys, that's what makes it when it's on your skin, mixed with makeup, mixed with water, start to like rust a little bit or get that like green look or kind of turn brown a little bit. It's not the gold itself because gold does not do that. It is uh, the alloys that are mixed in. So there could be a golden city underwater. Uh, you heard it here first, folks. But salt water might be a different question. It might be have to be in a freshwater lake. Exactly. I, I just think it's so wild that people thought that these were separate and they could be the same. Interesting. Okay. Okay. So I am dying to know what actually El Dorado is, but I think we have to take a quick break first. All right. Let's take a quick break from this hard research and go take a (laughs) recess. Hello. Hello. Welcome to recess. Wow. Another week, another recess, one of my favorite times. <laughs> We're both drinking our creative juices um, because our last episode was coffee, all about coffee. Yes. And like we always do, we took to our Instagram to ask you all a few questions about coffee. But I did want to share before we got to those answers, my mom or an anonymous listener <laughs> reached out to me. And clarified a few things about our podcast when we talked about um, the terms for coffee. When we mentioned perk, she said the term perk for coffee is not does not come from making you feel perky. It comes from the word percolator. That was the silver plug-in electric coffee pot in the 50s and 60s. You would see it on TV shows of that era. Following that device, the drip coffee maker became popular. We still use this kind with the basket that you put the filter and the ground coffee in. One of the first ones was Mr. Coffee, data provided by Clara's mom, Winky Face. Wait, I totally forgot about percolator. I feel like I've heard that word before. So I guess people just called it perk. Oh my gosh. from the percolator. And then it made sense because it makes you a little perky too. Yeah. Thank you, Miss Hanlon. Of course. I'll, I'll say you're welcome for her. Um, we also asked you some questions on our Instagram. We asked if you're addicted to coffee and if you have any funny stories. My personal favorite answer was coffee makes me poop immediately every time. So I rarely drink it. And that's a big mood, especially the first few times I drank coffee. Woof. <laughs> I think it's like one of those things of like, it either really helps you So you drink it because of that reason, or you really don't want it to help you in that way. So you don't drink it. Because I, I think the the vote is split there, probably. (laughs) Yeah, I mean, it is a natural diuretic. And I think it just affects certain people certain ways. It's especially interesting, like people who drink coffee on an empty stomach, I think that's gonna get you. 
Oh, yeah, absolutely. I really relate to the person who said one whole summer, I got a large ice smoke of coffee from Duncan every day, and it was the best. And I'm just wondering, how the heck did you do that? Did you have like a summertime membership with Duncan? Because I'd like to get that. I love Duncan. It is my coffee shop of choice, as we've discussed. And I'm extremely jealous. Or are you just an Iranian spender? Let me know. (laughs) Who knows? Who's to say? (laughs) Uh, And we had another person write in, if I can't take my coffee break, something within me dies. It was someone that was in the play with us in high school where we sang that song. And then we also did a poll... A big poll asking if you like coffee or tea better, because we know we've been we've been talking about these bevs a lot recently. Yeah, um, and coffee has won so far uh, by two thirds, but tea is still pulling it out with a third of the votes. And I gotta say, I know we have some British listeners on here, and I did not even see any Brits on the tea side. So that's all American right there, voting yeah. tea. So I'm impressed by us Americans today. Well, finish up that tea because we got to get back to talking about some gold. All right. So welcome back. Uh, We had a little coffee break, it seems like. (laughs) Um, But now we're back to get more into what really is El Dorado. Researchers believed it was a coming-of-age coronation lost Hmm. in translation. Ooh, I didn't mean to rhyme there, and I did. So there was a civilization um, once known as the Muiscas, or the Chipchas, and they lived across the valleys of the high Andean plains in modern-day Colombia. With this culture, there was warfare, but it was actually pretty at a pretty much at a small scale. It was pretty ritualized. Um, and they actually were very friendly, it was thought with other cultures around them, other civilizations. They traded often with them. Uh, those other cultures were the Tolima and the Kimbaya. Um, and they had really important gods such as Zue, the sun god and Chie, the moon goddess, they thought that they got married, actually, every lunar and solar eclipse. Um, and I say all this about their culture because I think it's important to honor this culture when talking about El Dorado. I read some accounts of people who've inherited the remains of this culture, and it's really sad to think about how even today these people still need to puzzle out the pieces of their ancestry, including their languages and their rituals hmm. and ceremonies, because they were persecuted for so long uh, with from their native culture that they had to repress it. Wow. Um And so I just wanted to mention all that because at the end of the day, El Dorado became this like big thing because of the ceremonial and spiritual aspects to gold that the Muiscas really held dear to their hearts. So the big ritual that is lost in translation is basically that when their current ruler died, a new one would be chosen. And this one was called the Golden One or the Gilded One. Ah, And they were chosen as the next ruler. This was usually like the nephew of the current ruler um, that had just died. And so at Lake Guadalajara, the ruler, the new one, would be covered in gold dust and then rode on a raft to the center of the lake, where he leaped in the waters in an act of ritual cleansing and renewal. The Muisca people and the four priests that were chosen were richly adorned with gold jewelry and other... um, 
things like that. And then they would throw objects, precious objects like gold and emeralds, into the lake. Which, Hmm. remember, they said that they got the gold and emeralds from the lake and other precious jewels. That's because they would throw this in as a ritual. And I think that these explorers did know that partially. But, you know... For the Muiscas or the Chichas, gold was closely associated with the sun and other spiritual aspects. In fact, one descendant named Enrique Gonzalez said that gold is nothing more than an offering. Gold does not represent wealth to us. So when the Europeans came along and saw all these people with their beautiful golden ornaments and other precious jewels that were made for show, really, and not for use or currency, when they came from a place where all these things were currency, they were astonished by it. They were like, oh my gosh, like, if they are using these things to just look at or pray to, like, where's like, where's all this coming from? Like, where's the deep parts of it? Right. And that was really a man named Jimenez de Quesada, was the Spanish conqueror that came and found that with his army was all this gold work. And so that's kind of where the rumor came from. So stories from there grew and grew until looting these empires in search of a hidden golden city became commonplace. And I will say, uh, to speak more about like where the legend started, there were like, I think, maps that flew around too. So like, it's just like a game of olden telephone or olden golden city maps where one person said there was a lot of gold somewhere because it was like a spiritual thing for this one civilization and it right literally tore them all down so it's actually so very sad <laughs> you're saying that el dorado is not a city it was a person yeah it was actually what the person was called the golden one that's so interesting mm-hmm. i I did a little research, you know, about conspiracies, and some people believe even the story you just shared is a conspiracy. (gasps) And they have conspiracies that that is not true. Basically, people think that that was a story that people told to throw Europeans off the scent. And a big thing that I read was these people were sick of having Europeans invade their cities, and they started telling them that the lost city of gold Instead of saying this story, they started saying that the lost city of gold was further and further and further away from them just to get these Europeans out of their hair. Yeah, it makes sense in theory that they would just make up this lost city that they have to keep searching for outside of their city. Right. (laughs) It's way over there. It's just like in National Treasure 1 when they're kind of at a crossroads and... What's his name? Ben Ben Gates? Is this his name in the movie? Yeah, what's his name? Nicolas Cage and his dad, who's Angelina Jolie's dad in real life. Libby! Do you know the name of Nicolas Cage's character in National Treasure? I think it's Ben Gates. Bill something? No. It's Ben. It's Ben. She doesn't remember. Sorry, she's a huge National Treasure fan. That's why I was asking her. (laughs) Uh, I mean, who isn't? Um, Yeah, I... When... She said Ben Gates. Yes. Okay, I was Did right. Did you hear her? Yes. <laughs> <laughs> All right. Ben Gates is stuck down with the evil guy at the bottom of almost finding their city of whatever they're searching for. I forget what it was in the first movie. And just treasure nationally, national treasure, if you will. They tell them that, wow, the real treasure must be far, far away from this to, to get everyone off 
away from them. And I think that that's really true. There could still be a lost city somewhere of gold. Exactly. Uh, I think there could be. But I do want to talk about how much we see El Dorado pop up in our pop culture. Besides just, you know, we got National Treasure, we got the movie. Do you remember anywhere else that you've seen it pop up? No. (laughs) Well, there's a Neil Young song called El Dorado. Oh, I actually do have an answer, but keep going. Oh, go ahead. There's also Edgar Allan Poe he talks about. Yes, exactly. It is gold everywhere there's probably over 20 songs called el dorado shakira has a whole album called el dorado (laughs) that inspired a world tour uh death cab for cutie has a song called el dorado uh it's it's just really interesting to see games it's in a ton of video games i do not know if any of these are interesting okay yeah that's on here I I wouldn't know what to call out from this list, but it's in a bunch. It's in some mobile games like apps. Ton of references to it. Does Temple in Run movies. count? What, what Temple Run? <laughs> oh my god, Temple Run was so fun. Throwback. Temple Run Two though. Temple Run Two is where it's at. And then in movies we have El Dorado, The Road to El Dorado. Apparently, it was included in The Mask of Zorro. I saw that movie. Never. Remember that National Treasures on here, Indiana Jones and the Kingdom oh, of the Crystal Skull, right? The Lost City of Z, Gold, uh, Dora and the Lost City of Gold. I oh, I know it, that one. Obviously, oh yeah, 2019. Uh, Dora hit us with a new <laughs> flick. Oh, is that the live action one? Uh, oh yeah, I think it is. That's topical. Yeah. Oh, it's been mentioned in a bunch of tv animations comics manga there's that poem that you mentioned and then literature uh voltaire in i think a story that we all had to read in ap (laughs) lit can candide i don't think i read that and if i was supposed to read that i forget you were definitely supposed to read it because you were in the class the year before me and he definitely did not change the syllabus (laughs) it's a seven Oh, it's a 1759 satire uh, by Voltaire, and it describes the place of El Dorado, and it describes it as a geographically isolated utopia where the streets are covered in precious stones like gold, there exists no priests, and all the king's jokes are funny. Okay. And then there's also a luxury car by Cadillac called the Cadillac El Dorado. Oh, is it golden? Is it a golden car? Yeah. I'm looking it up. Did that sound confident? I I believe you, El Dorado. Oh, it's one word. Why did they make it one word? I have no idea. It was actually some songs. It was one word. Some songs. It was two words. Um, it is not a golden car, just for our listeners. <laughs> but it it looks nice. So that's our pop culture references to El Dorado, our lost city of gold. Before we get into our rapid fire questions about gold, Michelle, what do you think really happened? You know, I'm coming to find out that I am a person who, while I love talking about the woo-woo in my heart, I like to honor the truth and the science of it all. I think that the truth is, is that they really had a ritual and they named someone the golden one. And that was the truth. But I could be persuaded to believe that they were lying the whole time and saying that just to throw the dumb Europeans off the scent. 
that would be a really smart thing to do. Yes. Yeah. I I want to believe both of those. Like, I want to believe that they did have this ritual, but I also want to believe that at some point this city did exist because that's the fun thing to believe. And I choose fun in my beliefs. <laughs> I like that. I also like yeah. the, I, I really like the idea that Atlantis and El Dorado are one and the same. Yeah. And I think if we ever made a sequel episode where we talk more about Atlantis, I'd like to explore that conspiracy a little deeper. Yeah, that would be really interesting. I think it'd be interesting to see how many conspiracies come from the same kind of thought at the beginning, the same kind of bubble. But I I don't know. I think that El Dorado could be at the bottom of the ocean somewhere. I guess one day we'll find out. Yeah. Maybe. It, it's more likely that it's at the bottom of the ocean than just like right next to Mount Rushmore, like it was uh, in National Treasure 2. <laughs> yeah, a bit, a bit far-fetched. Well, I think we've answered a lot about El Dorado. Do you want to hear some rapid-fire questions about gold? Tell me some stuff about gold. I think it's really interesting because the reason people wanted to find El Dorado so much is because Gold is worth so much. And that's what a lot of these questions ended up being about. Yeah, the price per ounce of gold today, per ounce, is $1,878.51. Damn. Per ounce. Per kilo, we're up to 60000 Why would you not have gold then? I have no idea. And the highest price for gold, actually, it... At the time of when this article was written, one of the rapid fire questions, it hit one of its highest prices in a really long time. Last summer in August of 2020, gold hit the market for $2,000.15, uh, which was the highest price for gold in a long time. Wow. People are predicted that by 2025, it'll be up to 3000 Is gold basically, I feel like economic majors are like rolling in their graves right now. <laughs> um, and I, this is assuming they're dead for some reason. <laughs> but, rolling in uh, their rolly like, chairs ergonomically. <laughs> ergonomically. But I feel like gold is a price point for inflation and stuff. So like when you say what gold is worth, it's like, it's like not necessarily good, right? If it's worth a lot, I don't know. Yeah, I think it's also about availability, like the supply and demand of it all. And I have to think if we found a lost city of gold that just had so much gold, the price of gold would probably go down, right? Because well, and I did so read much more supply. I did read somewhere that when they were looting all these civilizations um, back in the explorer age, that it did like there was a huge economic economy thing that happened um, in Europe because there was this new influx of all this gold. So the price of gold like went crazy. Yeah, really interesting. One of the questions on here is: Is gold a good investment? And I, I, the first person I think of is Ron Swanson in Parks and Rec that says all of his money is in gold buried. Uh, <laughs> but apparently this Google answers it in an article called Eight Reasons to Own Gold by Investopedia. So yes, they think it is. Yes, they say that gold has been seen as special and valuable because it acts against inflation and deflation and it diversifies your portfolio of earnings. So it's like, I guess, owning a home one year when the market is good for sellers, your home can be worth a lot. And then the next year, it can be worth 
way less just based on the market. But apparently, according to this article, the market for gold is always good and always rising. Wow. Um, don't mind me. I'm just going to go bury <laughs> some golden bars in the nearby park. <laughs> and then I, th- I think a lot of people used to think like if you had on a piece of jewelry and it turned your finger like green, that it wasn't real gold. Mm-hmm. So I think that's normally a good telltale sign. But I'm also reading that if your finger turns black instead of green, uh, it's normally really is real gold. It's because of the alloys that are mixed with the gold that are, are turning your finger because gold itself does not corrode at all. And so is the alloys like in the jewelry that you made it with or is it in your... Yeah, it's mm. in, it's mixed in and how they made the jewelry. Got it. Will the gold price go down after lockdown? Some people say yes. Some people say no. Either way, I'm putting all my money in gold. Either way, I'm not going to stop listening to Gold Rush by Taylor Swift. True. I love that song. <laughs> all right. Well, folks, I want to know, do you think El Dorado is real? Or if you don't, Do you believe any of these conspiracies about it? What's your take on El Dorado? Please let us know by following us at Pod on Instagram and Twitter. We always take polls and we take your insight and you could be featured in our next recess if you answer. (gasps) Yeah. So let us know and then subscribe to us so you can listen to us next time easily. We post every Thursday at eight o'clock and you'll be the first to know if you subscribe and then leave a rate and review. We'll see you next time, folks. Bye. Bye.